Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill, so the sisters sent a message to Jesus. Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came 
Where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and had a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, Already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. Today's first lesson and the gospel begin with death. In our first reading, the prophet Ezekiel has a vision. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. It's a vision of despair, of a people in exile. In our gospel, Lazarus has died. His sisters, Mary and Martha, are sick with grief. Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. We start surrounded by death, consumed with grief. Imagine if we just ended there. That would not be a great Sunday morning. Good thing for us that these striking moments of death that feel like endings, that by all logic should be endings, as final as a period at the end of a sentence, are just the beginning with God. These scripture passages start with death, but that's not where they end. We learn from our readings today that nothing is impossible with God. God can even bring life out of death. And this might be only the fifth Sunday of Lent, but today we get a glimpse of Easter joy. Today we get to think about what exactly we're preparing for these 40 days. 
what we mean when we say that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. In our gospel, Jesus receives the news of Lazarus being ill. When he finally arrives on the scene, he is met with anger and sadness of Mary and Martha. He sees the crowd gathered and weeping. He stands at the grave of his good friend, and he does what any one of us would do. He cries. He grieves. He allows himself to feel pain, anger, sadness, despair, all of it. He doesn't jump right into healing and resurrection. He pauses and takes time to just be sad. Because life is precious and beautiful and worth honoring, and death is terrible. Even knowing that there is life after death, death is terrible. But then, Jesus raises Lazarus, a man who was definitely dead, not just sick, not asleep, four days dead, already stinking dead. Jesus reveals who he is in this moment, that he is fully divine, that he is the word made flesh, God incarnate, as he brings Lazarus back to life. Throughout the gospel, Jesus has been freeing people, freeing people from their sin, freeing people from sickness, freeing people from social isolation. And now he frees Lazarus from the bonds of death. Unbind him and let him go. But something else is going on here. This is not just an act of love for Lazarus, Jesus saving his best buddy, or an apology to Mary and Martha for being fashionably late. Healing Lazarus is an act of love for the whole world. According to the Gospel of John, this is the action that gets Jesus in big trouble. This is the last straw when he was already on very thin ice with the authorities, doing the humanly impossible, bringing the dead back to life, messing with the natural order of things. This is truly terrifying for those that oppose Jesus. This is the act that leads to Jesus' arrest, his persecution and crucifixion. By bringing Lazarus back to life, Jesus is guaranteeing his own death, giving his own life in exchange. Jesus knows this. Even the disciples who are often portrayed as a little slow to figure things out, they have some understanding of what's happening too. Thomas says, let us also go that we may die with him. And it seems kind of out of place amidst the conversation. But Thomas understands the path that they're on, that they are following Jesus to death. He just doesn't know yet that death won't really be the end. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. 
His words are not just a promise for the future, the very end when we reach our eternal home. Jesus is the resurrection. Jesus is the life. Jesus doesn't say he will be. He is. By following Jesus, we are witnesses to new life. Believing in resurrection, it doesn't take away all the pain of death or the reality of life's hardships. We're still heartbroken when we lose someone we love or when anything we love comes to an end. But because we believe in resurrection, we aren't left with just pain or just sadness. We also have hope. We know that death doesn't have the last word, that there is life beyond, that there is healing beyond the heartbreak. Maybe you've experienced moments like this in your own life when you felt like you were in an impossible situation, like the end of a career or the end of a relationship or one particular path, how you used to define yourself. You didn't know how you could go on or what would come next. But then God made a way. God made a way where you thought there was no way. It makes me think of like a plant that has grown through a small crack in the pavement or a sidewalk. And when you see a plant like that, you just have to wonder how the seed got there, how the plant got the water and the light that it, and the soil that it needed. And yet, despite truly terrible conditions, life finds a way. The flower blooms. Despite pavement and trampling feet and weed-killing sprays, something beautiful and alive comes out. When we look around our world with all of its hardships, maybe it's more difficult to carry this hope of life. We can see death all around us. We can see an environment that has been exploited and that's hurting. We can see violence and hatred between different groups based on fear of one another. We can see the high cost of cheap goods, the inhumane and dangerous conditions that people are forced to work in. We see people who lose their lives too early from causes that are completely preventable, like hunger, unclean drinking water, malaria. It feels impossible. It feels like it's too late until we hear, Oh mortal, can these dry bones live? Being people of God, we can see the pain of this world but we're not resigned to simple pity and wishing that things were different. We hold on to hope that things can be different because we know that death never has the last word. So when we witness the pain of this world, we look for that life after death. We look for that need that we can serve. 
for the help that we can give, for the ways that we can witness to God's love. When we see death, we see a starting place, not an ending. We hold on to the promise of resurrection, that there is always hope. If resurrection was just a promise for the future, something we experience after we die, then being a follower of Jesus would be kind of boring. The church on earth would be like an airport terminal, where you just sort of hang out eating and buying stuff until it's time for your flight to heaven. But knowing that new life happens here on earth means that following Jesus is anything but boring. That means that we can fill our hearts with hope and our days with meaningful, life-changing work. That when we provide a meal at a soup kitchen or package meals for the hungry or gather items for personal care kits or support those who are trying to turn their lives around or break the bonds of addiction or worship on a Sunday morning, a countercultural act considering all the other things you could be doing right now. Or when we pray for our loved ones because they have asked for our prayers and we believe that God listens to us. Or when we help welcome and shelter those who are need, in need of a home. With each of these actions, we are encountering death and despair and the pain of this world and we are meeting it with hope. We are prophesying to the winds to fill these places of dry bones with God's life-giving breath. It's got to seem foolish to some to think that we could actually make a difference, but these are the actions of hope. Actions of hope from a people who believe in resurrection That with God, new life is possible now. The first time I heard the phrase, practice resurrection, it was in a Wendell Berry poem. And now it's just one of my favorite phrases to think about who the church is and what the church does. Even in Lent, we are resurrection people. And when we live with hope in our hearts, breathing life into places of despair, we are practicing resurrection. May we, as people of God, see the possibility of new life in the most desperate of places. May we never lose hope in the promise of resurrection. And may we live out this hope every day that with God, whatever is dead can and will live again. Amen.